Point today on Broadway for Monday, February 25th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we are recording in the middle of the Academy Awards. So if people who are theatrically connected won, we really don't know yet. So uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow. So don't think that we're overlooking it. Just recording times. We weren't going to wait until like two o'clock in the morning when the Oscars finally finished to record and talk about it. Yeah, I ran out uh, this afternoon and went to uh, Target and picked up one of those Billy Porter dresses. But uh... Wow, did you see that? That was like all the rage. Good for him. I don't know. Why. Is he was he in something that was nominated? I didn't see a lot of movies this year. So No, I, I, Just, couldn't, I couldn't really star tell is you. Rising. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. As it should. No, no, definitely. The Billy Porter line at Target is uh, the thing to do. Yeah, very nice. Well, um, we can't talk about the Academy Awards just yet, but we do have a lot to talk about in this feed over the past weekend. First up, I believe on Friday, Jenna Tessa Fox talked with Terry Byrne, the president of off of the Off-Broadway League. They discussed, uh, amongst other things, the Off-Broadway Week two-for-one ticket deal um, that is currently ongoing, uh, I believe, or uh, did just finished. on just finished. just finished. Yeah, I think. Yeah, just ended. Uh, so listen to that. That's I always love hearing from those types of of folks. And then on Saturday, uh, Jan Simpson talked with Loy A. Webb, who is the playwright behind The Light at MCC. I've heard phenomenal things about this, including from Peter uh, yeah. about this show. So really great conversation there. And speaking of Peter, on Sunday, you, Peter and Michael discussed, amongst other things, Merrily we roll along. So I, I've been out running all day, James. What was the consensus? I know how you feel, but amongst the three of you with Peter and Michael, how did you all feel about Merrily We Roll Along? Well, uh, Peter loved it. Peter absolutely loved it. Michael has not seen it yet. I thought for some reason that Michael oh. had seen it. He's going to see it this week, and we're going to talk about it again after Michael sees it. But, okay. Uh, but Peter liked it as much as as much as I did. Uh and uh, the other thing Peter also saw was the the uh, the move uptown of the Fiddler in Yiddish that's on stage oh, forty two, yeah. and Peter gave that a rave as well. And so it's um, it was a fun uh, this week on Broadway. We got uh, into the into the weeds a little bit on Merrily, and which is not a bad thing. It was a really enjoyable conversation. Wonderful. All right. So uh, first up in the news, legendary movie musical director Stanley Donan passes away. Yeah, James, we learned over the weekend that Donan, the director of such iconic movie musicals like On the Town, Singing in the Rain, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Funny Face, The Pajama Game, Damn Yankees, Charade, and more, passed away at the age of 94 on Thursday night. He is survived by three children and his partner of 20 years, the legendary Elaine May, who just finished her run on Broadway in the Waverly Gallery last month. Though Dunnan was shockingly never nominated for an Academy Award, he was honored with a Lifetime Achievement Oscar in 1998 and was considered the last surviving notable director of Hollywood's Golden Age. He had a long and very complicated relationship with Gene Kelly, beginning when they both appeared in the original Broadway production of Pal Joey, Kelly as Joey, and Donan as Albert. The pair co-directed three films together, including On the Town and Singing in the Rain, and co-choreographed four. They also, this is where it starts to get interesting, were both married to dancer 
uh, Jeanne Coyne. Uh, Coyne was Donan's first wife. They got divorced. She became Gene Kelly's assistant and then married him. Their relationship deteriorated from there over the years, and Donan's film output as a director and producer faded in the 1980s, at which point he came back to Broadway, actually, as the director of the rather short-lived 1993 musical The Red Shoes, which, after playing an extended preview period, only had three official performances on Broadway. Now, James, one of the things that so many people talked about since hearing of his passing um, was not only uh, the obvious fact that he helped birth some of the greatest films, musical or otherwise, of all time. But what I saw a lot of people, not necessarily the theater people that I follow on Twitter and, and such places, but more so the film people that I follow, they talked about his stark visual style um, that he employed with bright colors and pops of, of, of color that backgrounded, especially his dance scenes talking about how that was so iconic. Think of things like funny face and, and so many others. And then, you know, I, I think you saw the impact of his style in something like La La Land, which very much referenced a lot of the films that he, that he directed anyway, like I said, not a huge theatrical career, but certainly one, uh, in Hollywood that made a tremendous ab, uh, impact on the public appreciation for musicals of all kinds. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, he had uh, directed Red Shoes until I saw some posts on Facebook and Twitter about that. Uh, I I did see Red Shoes. I can't tell you that I remember <laughs> a ton about it, um, other than it, an incredibly iconic uh, uh logo and playbill cover of mm. the uh of the shoes themselves against that uh beige background and, and maybe that was part of his work as well i have to check then check into that and see after you mentioned uh, his style maybe this was uh maybe had a hand in in that uh, development of that perhaps all right tell us about this week's theatrical schedule well, again, we've got a ton, so I'm going to run through a lot of these, James. As always, if you want to stop me, feel free at any point. First up, tonight, over at Lincoln Center, their LCT3 uh, uh, company opens the off-Broadway show Mary's Seacole, written by Jackie Sibley's Drury and directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz. The show features an ambitious Jamaican woman determined to live a grand life. Her adventures take her across the seas from a battlefield in the Crimean War to a contemporary nursing home and many times and places in between. That show is scheduled to run through March 24th. Then tomorrow night, we're going to stick off-Broadway with a few things. First up, the opening of the new off-Broadway musical Alice by Heart from MCC. The show features a book by Stephen Sater and Jesse Nelson, music by Duncan Sheik, lyrics by Sater, and directed by Nelson. The show actually stars Jesse Nelson's daughter, Molly Gordon, as Alice, along with Noah Galvin, Andrew Cover, Grace McLean, Colton Ryan, Heath Saunders, Wesley Taylor, and more. The show is scheduled to run off-Broadway through April 7th. Now, James, just telling uh, the listeners out there uh, information that I think they need to know, the word of mouth on this one has been really, really bad. Um, so if the reviews are anything, I don't know, better than middling at best, I would be shocked. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this here in a minute, but uh, I've been kind of really overwhelmed by how surprisingly bad the word of mouth is on this one. So we'll see what happens when the reviews come out uh, tomorrow night. 
However, also on Tuesday, we have the first preview performance of the Keen Company's off-Broadway premiere of Surely Goodness and Mercy, written by Chissa Hutchinson and directed by Jesse D. Hill. The show tells the story of a Bible-toting boy with a photographic memory who befriends the cantankerous lunch lady at school. It is scheduled to run to uh, run through April 13th. And all I can think of whenever you talk about a cantankerous old lunch lady is Chris Farley, of course. Um, then on Thursday night, going to move slightly away from the theatrical world and talk about TV because Wednesday night on IFC on cable, the next episode of the documentary now series will take you behind the scenes of the fictional recording for the cast album of the Broadway show co-op. Now you might say, I've never heard of co-op. Well, that's because it's not real. Documentary Now takes uh, beloved documentaries and makes fun of them. Uh, the mockumentary is modeled after the iconic documentary of the recording of the album for the original production of Company. The cast will feature Taryn Killam, John Mullaney, Richard Kind, Alex Brightman, Renee Elise Goldsberry, and more. And it will feature original songs written in the style of Stephen Sondheim. The episode is set to air on Wednesday night at 11 p.m., but obviously check your local listings. I already have it set to record on my DVR as well. Then moving over to Thursday, we have the official opening off-Broadway of the John Logan Tom Kitt musical Superhero, starring Kate Baldwin, Bryce Pinkham, Kyle MacArthur, and more. Scheduled to run through March 31st. This one it doesn't have the negative word of mouth that Alice by Heart does. But James, at one point, I think we thought both of these shows had a potential Broadway transfer in their future by the creatives behind it and the cast they put on stage on the off-Broadway show. Uh, but now I would be shocked if either received all that positive of reviews. Uh, I think Alice by Heart is going to get the worst end of the stick, but I don't expect much more from Superhero. Now, moving to Broadway on Thursday, the Glenda Jackson-led revival of William Shakespeare's King Lear will begin performances at the Court Theater. Directed by Sam Gold, the cast will also feature Jane Howdyshell, Elizabeth Marvel, Ruth Wilson, John Douglas Thompson, Pedro Pascal, Sean Carvajal, no relation to Selena. Uh, and James, apparently there will be an American Sign Language component because Michael Arden and John McGinty, who played, um, who's, who is deaf and played uh, Quasimodo in a, perform a production or two of of Disney's uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I think they've joined the cast. Um, I say I think because this is a Scott Rudin production, so nothing has yet officially been announced or confirmed because why do we want to tell people who's in our shows? Um, but th that's not the only Broadway show beginning performances on Thursday as Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations starts previews at the, at the Imperial as well. Featuring a book by Dominique Moriso and direction by Des McEnough, the cast is led by Derek Basin uh, or Basson, James Harkness, Jawan M. Jackson, Jeremy Pope and Ephraim Sykes. This one has had, I believe, three out of town tryouts, James, and the reviews have been mixed i mean sometimes the reviews are really good sometimes they're not and i don't know if that's because of changes in the production or the specific tastes of the audiences that it played in front of um, in washington dc california and and in canada um but what's interesting is is despite having all of these great things going for it there's very little buzz for this one so i'm curious to see how it strikes new york audiences obviously the music and the dancing should be phenomenal and the talent and the cast is great and mariso is a top tier talent as a writer so i'm really hoping this one comes together i could see this being in the you know in the in the same vein as beautiful and and, and maybe, maybe not jersey boys uh, with that you know a 12 year run but this is something that has the credentials 
of being a hit on Broadway. And I, I don't know that I, what to expect from it, but I really hope it does because, you know, you can't help but smile when you hear the Temptations music uh, and see that choreography. But I think we'll that uh, this show, A2 Prowse, is going to live and die on the uh, marketing. Which hasn't been much so far. Yeah. Uh, I think they have to get out the word uh, what Ain't Too Proud is. I, I don't think that people know and and lead with that music, lead with that t- the temptations Shirley. and don't call me Shirley. And, uh, <laughs> and why is Airplane not a musical? So um, Ain't Too Proud definitely uh, yeah. I, it has, it has the makings of it. And I'm, very excited to hear this, and I think that it's it can be great, but uh, you know it could be a sleeper if they don't um, if they don't get the get the word out there of what ain't too proud is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, finally on Thursday, the North American premiere of Phoebe Waller Bridge's Fleabag begins performances at the Soho Playhouse. I know that I have been talking this one woman show up from the moment that it was announced. I was giddy about it. But if you can get a ticket uh, or already have one, I'm not sure if it's sold out or not, to be honest with you. I hope you do, because I surprisingly, it is not my thing, but I loved the TV show that this play inspired. Waller Bridge plays Fleabag, uh, who may seem oversexed, emotionally unfiltered and self-obsessed, but that's just the tip of the iceberg with family and friendships understrained in a guinea pig cafe struggling to keep afloat. Fleabag suddenly finds herself with nothing to lose. I am so excited to see this. I built my entire spring trip around this show. Uh, The New York run is scheduled after some uh, extensions to end on April 14th. And the second season of the TV adaptation will begin on Amazon on May 17th, two and a half months after the initial run on BBC three, check out season one uh, on Amazon. Now, uh, if you want to go see that show. And finally, James on Sunday, we have the first preview performances of hate F asterisk asterisk K uh, uh, fill in the blank there uh, off Broadway from the WP theater written by Rihanna Lou Mirza and directed by Adrian uh, Adrian Campbell Holt. The show stars Kavi Ladiner and Sendhal Ramamurti in the show. Conflicting cultural identities collide in this antidote to the meet cute romance cliche, which reunites Ladiner and Ramamurti, who played an on again, off again couple on the TV show Heroes. And then finally on Sunday, the off-Broadway run of Freestyle Love Supreme concludes. James, we've talked about it before, and I think that your idea is fantastic. Starting in the fall, we need to have a regular residency from this group at the theater of the new drama bookshop, wherever that might be. Uh, You missed a whole section in the script. Did you not see it? Uh, What did I miss? Uh, February 23rd, Robbie Rozell was at uh, 54 Below, and he will be closing on Friday, March 1st. And you know who's opening for him on Friday, March 1st? Uh, Yeah, uh, Joanna Gleason? Joanna Gleason, yes. You know, opening up, you know, for Robbie. Well, do you know who opened up for him uh, this past Saturday? Out of Control Tova. Tova Feldshu, yeah, the, yeah. the one as and Leona only. Helms, as Leona yes. Helmsy, right? Because, <laughs> because of course Tova Feldshu played Leona Helmsy. That's you know, just yeah, Leona is possibly the only person uh, possible that Leona would say, "I'm going to sue you for playing me." <laughs> oh, God, I, I, Tova's great. So, uh, Gianna, uh, Joanna, oh my God, how Robbie is able to book those folks as his opening acts? I man. Yeah. That just I'm, shows you what a huge star Robbie Rizell is. I'm telling you, Robbie, 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 you know, <laughs> and uh, very, uh, 
very excited. Uh, word of mouth is very hot on that. So, yeah. uh, you know. Can't wait for the album. Absolutely. So what do we have in the uh, recommendation section? Okay, uh, I, I've made no secret about how excited I am about the upcoming Broadway premiere of Hades Town. So I have a couple of recommendations that are Hades Town related. First up, uh, apparently the cast had a bit of a preview concert at the McKittrick Hotel last week, and of course, uh, Mr. Hermes himself, Andre De Shields, decided he was going to post some videos from it. So we have three performances from the show. First is Way Down Hades Town, uh, featuring the cast. Then we have All I've Ever Known, featuring. Uh, yeah, Eva Noblezada and Reeve Carney, my recent guest on Tell Me More, and then Our Lady of the Underground featuring, featuring Amber Gray. And I, I thought I could not get more excited until I saw these videos. Um, I have to be honest with you, I don't know a ton about Amber Gray. I've never seen her in a show. I've obviously heard her uh, on the off-Broadway cast album of Hades Hounds, but she is freaking magnetic, James. I... I was a bit overwhelmed by her in these videos, and uh, I am now um, an official Amber Gray stan. Everybody knows I already love Eva, and I love Reeve Carney and Patrick Page. So good. So check out these videos. I'll have a link to uh, Andre DeShields' YouTube page um, for you to check these out. It is absolutely fantastic. And then... Uh, the other thing was is really interesting. So this is an article by Michael Paulson, and it features not only Amber Gray, but Damon Duano. They, if you remember, they were the original stars of Hades Town at the New York Theater Workshop. They were also the original stars of what became known as Sexy Oklahoma at the Bard Summerscape. Damon stuck with Oklahoma through its trajectory, and he is now going to play Curly on Broadway. Amber has stuck with Hades Town uh, through its trajectory, played it. Uh, played the role of uh, Persephone in Canada and in London, and now is coming back to Broadway in this. And it, the, this article talks about the title is Breaking Up with One Show to Take Another to Broadway. It's really fascinating, and um, I love these two. I, I've made my mixed feelings known um, about Sexy Oklahoma, but there is nothing mixed about how phenomenal of a performer and especially a singer Duano is. So I am uh, really – this is a great article, and I love both of these. So um, – Really great read there. Sort of uh, similar to Jeremy Pope leaving Choir Boy to do Ain't Too Proud. Yeah, yeah. Except, yeah. But but so interesting about this is that both of them ended up on Broadway in the same season, just not. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. both not both of those shows and both of those people just not together, which is really really fascinating. <laughs> All right, what other news do we have? Okay, on Sunday, speaking of Michael Paulson, he tweeted out news that with the equity strike now over the Huey Lewis musical, The Heart of Rock and Roll, will begin a four-week work session, which is now what they're calling them instead of workshops or labs or whatever, um, and that will begin today. When I spoke to Tell Me More friend Matt Doyle at BroadwayCon last month, he said that they are really looking forward to continuing work on this show in the new year to see what might happen. He was trying not to give too much away, but I would not be surprised if, if everything goes well over this next month that we hear either a about uh, another out-of-town tryout or a potential chance to move it to Broadway later this year. So what you're saying is that the delay caused by the this strike did not cause them to cancel this production? I, I am not going to step in that one. Um, <laughs> no, they did not have a production scheduled in Chicago or elsewhere. Um, but uh, they did. Uh, they are moving forward with this one. And um, fortunately for Huey Lewis... There is not a documentary uh, coming out on HBO chronicling his history of untoward behavior. Hmm. 
All right. Uh, what's happening with Little Women? Okay, so on Friday, Primary Stages announced that Crystalline Lloyd and Kate Hamill will lead the upcoming adaptation of the Louisa May Alcott novel, um, which actually Hamill will write. Sarna Lapine will direct and the show will play the Cherry Lane Theater from May 15th through June 29th. Uh, next, last week, it was announced that according to Variety, the BBC will create a comedy TV series based on the play that goes wrong. Members of the Mischief Theater who created the play will star and write the six-part series. Each episode will be based on a well-known genre, such as a courtroom drama or a spy thriller. The series will be filmed in front of an audience next month. The BBC aired A Christmas Carol Goes Wrong, which was an original uh, Christmas movie in December of 2017. And finally, James, according to the New York Times, the public theater is reportedly suing the public hotel uh, for violating trademarks, claiming that the hotel is using a logo that is very similar to that of the theaters. The hotel opened in 2017, about six blocks from the theater. And at first, the public theater didn't worry too much about it. But when the hotel began using the suspiciously similar logo to promote their own theatrical and musical performances, that's when lawyers for the theater started getting involved. In typical, ridiculous New York real estate, tough guy fashion, uh, Ian Schrager, who owns the hotel, said in a statement, quote, we fully intend to defend our rights with vigor and right the wrong being perpetrated against us. Okay. Did you just do a voice? I did a voice. I don't do voice. <laughs> well. um, but I, really, the only voice that I feel confident in is Kermit the Frog, which also sounds suspiciously uh, like Ernie um, from Sesame Street. Mm. And... Um, uh, Nikki from Avenue Q. But anyway, uh, Ian Schrager, settle down. Um, you're being a little bit ridiculous here. Uh, but we will have a link to the Times article where you can see both logos next to each other and make a judgment for yourself. Kind of like when we hear about like Let It Go being sued for stealing some unknown f f uh, Spanish melody or something. You can compare them next to each other. But if you would like information on this or any of today's stories, please check out the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. I'm looking at the logos, and I don't think that the public theater has got much of a leg to stand on. <laughs> they're similar. They're similar. I mean, I can see that they're not dissimilar. I, I just don't know enough about how far those copyrights and trade—it's really trademarks, not copyrights—how um, far the trademarks extend. If they're doing theatrical performances within six blocks of the public theater and using— the public and theater uh -huh. with a similar logo. Like I can understand, but I don't know enough about trademark infringement to know if there's a legal grounds or not. Yeah. The, the basis has got to be with the reasonable public uh, be confused uh, and think that one public is the other is affiliated with the other public and not, you know, the logo itself. No, but you can't use the name public in in public performance then because that might be confusing to to the public the public right yes yeah. well this will be so it's confused i wanted to talk about the plague that goes wrong for a second is that michael yes. portantier uh gave a review of it uh as it moved over to uh new world stages. new world stages thank you uh and um Michael said that it is even funnier at New World wow. Stages than it was on Broadway. Michael loved it. And uh, we talked about the uh, the exploding um, street cover 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the we street. didn't talk about that. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. The, there was a little unrelated thing that people thought was maybe uh, a promo by the play that goes wrong, where the uh, manhole covers outside <laughs> of the theater were exploding and street was on fire and things like that. But that's a little bit too far out of the off Broadway yeah. budget. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they've got J.J. Abrams in. Who is it? Uh, yeah. Jeffrey Seller behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they've got money. But yeah, no, yeah. It, it affected all of the New World Stages performances. I heard from somebody who was at Jersey Boys or was mm-hmm. sitting next to somebody at Jersey Boys who was there on the on the night that manhole covers started projecting into the air. But yeah, that's never a good thing. Never. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Broadway Radio is uh, back up and normal. Broadway Stars looking to be normal on Monday, maybe Tuesday morning. It's, I'm looking behind the scenes and Broadway Stars is looking pretty good right now. Not quite ready for the public, but... Uh, but oh, different public. Right. Okay. Thank you. Public, I, yeah. I thought we'd have to do some sort of trademark infringement thing. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into it with uh, the public. No. Which or public? The public. Okay. Yeah, the public. Okay. Thank you. The, the hotel. Yeah. And uh, my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com, BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off your week with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. 